Mikhail, thanks so much for watching Making Healthcare Work for You, Different Perspectives, Empowering Solutions. I'm Stephanie Fields, joined by my co-host, Dr. Apoorv Gupta, and today we are welcomed by Dr. Kristen Matzik, who is an Associate Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology and North American Menopause Society Certified Menopause Practitioner, and she's at the Medical University of South Carolina. Thanks so much for being here. Of course. Great to be here. We are excited to talk to you today about menopause, something that we have not talked about, something that many people may not talk about. And now you are talking to more and more women at the Medical University of South Carolina. So tell us, why is this such an important issue and what are you doing to help open that conversation and, as you've said, help people not suffer in silence? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Stephanie. Well, you know, we have such a tremendous aging population now about um, that really the, this needs to be addressed. We've had so many women for so many years suffer in silence, um, not realizing that these symptoms can be treated. Um, we've always had treatments for them, but now we have a, a broader range of treatments and we can treat women who are completely healthy. We can treat women who have diabetes, um, cardiac disease, all of these women can now be treated safely um, for their symptoms. Um, so, so important that all these women that have been aging for years by themselves thinking, oh, there's no hope for me, <laughs> we can finally uh, treat them accordingly. And you said that this is a huge problem. You've said in our pre-interview that there's been an 80% increase in women over 50 in the last 20 years. Yes, yes. So, and the uh, women will now spend about 40% of their lives in menopause. So we really, really need to keep these women healthy, allow them to age uh, vibrantly, let them continue relationships with their husbands, um, because a majority of their life now is spent in this menopausal state. I had a woman the other day, she was 72, and she came in saying, you know, my husband and I haven't been able to have intercourse for years, but now he has been prescribed Viagra and we would love to renew our relationship, but intercourse is painful for me. Can you help? Um, so I examined her and I said, well, you, your vagina is um, typical of a woman who hasn't had estrogen there for years. So I prescribed uh, vaginal estrogen for her, told her it won't work immediately. It takes about three months. But she was thrilled to find out, yes, you know, one day soon they could uh, renew their relationship. So again, a very simple treatments um, that are out there that we can use and allow women to um, have sexual relations for the rest of their lives, but um, just need to be talked about. And a lot of them just don't know that exists. And Kristen, that's actually where I wanted to jump in because it is so simple when you describe it and you mm -hmm. said people kind of know about this, primary care physicians should know about this, the average OBGYN should know about this. Uh, it's just that people aren't necessarily prioritizing it or they're not thinking about it. And probably it sounds like maybe the common denominator is people are just not taking the time to mm -hmm. hear mm -hmm. what the woman has to say. So mm -hmm. yeah, maybe you can connect some of those dots as to what you think is really missing and what you're providing you know, in the clinic uh, setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when I say a woman for her annual exam and she is menopausal, I will just branch into that conversation 
you know, you know, how is your sex life? Are you able to have intercourse comfortably? What kind of symptoms are you having? Hot flashes, night sweats, mood changes, weight gain, you know, decreased libido. And again, I think these women are so thankful that someone is finally addressing this. They've had these symptoms for years, didn't know there were treatments. Um, and I think it's very hard for the average woman to speak to her physician about these issues. Um, and I think the biggest enemy of all physicians today is time. So oftentimes if I see them for an annual, I invite them back so we can discuss more with them about these specific issues. They look, come on back and let's talk about menopause. Um, and they do, and we can have a really wonderful conversation um, and tailor treatments um, based on their medical history. Is there a stigma associated with this as well, Kristen? I mean, I think Stephanie in our pre-interview was sort of getting at this. This is almost like behavioral health where mm -hmm. a lot of people have it, but we're just not talking about it and we're not willing to talk about it openly. Is that a reasonable comparison? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's a stigma um, about women aging in general, as you know, um, and we have tended just not to address these issues in the past. Um, but again, I think as women, as they're, um, we have more women entering this stage of life than ever before, um, that a lot of them very well educated, reading on the internet, all the various treatments. I think they're coming out now saying, you know, where we, we need someone to treat us, where do we go? Um, and there are not, um, you know, in the Charleston area, there are not too many physicians with the certification, probably three or four. So they come to me and say, oh my gosh, you're the only one we can talk to about this, which of course is not true. <laughs> they can talk to many, many of my fellow colleagues at MUSC, um, but they, they've just been looking. They see my name on the North American Menopause Society website. Um, and they say, oh my gosh, finally, I can go to someone and have these issues addressed and not be embarrassed and can talk about it openly for the first time. It sounds like you are having great reception from women, or at least, you know, a group of women who's been looking for this type of care and mm -hmm. hasn't maybe felt comfortable or like they haven't had the right person to go to, to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But how do you get other physicians to get to know this on the level that you do? Obviously you have this extensive certification, but you said that time is an enemy for physicians. And then also that a lot of times in medical school, there's not an enhanced focus on this either. So how do you make them understand that something that's just part of, you know, part of life that I think people just accept like, oh, you get older. This is something that happens kind of like getting your period. Oh, then your period goes away. Like it's just a thing that happens. How do you make them understand that this is actually something important that can change somebody's life if you treat it properly? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, again, I think, you know, the majority of my physicians um, that I work with at MU say they absolutely know how to treat these options. I think um, the idea of us, um, you know, redesigning the website and just highlighting this issue and saying, we have these treatments available, um, please come to us. You know, within our division, we are starting, um, we were going to start a menopausal book club so we could discuss, you know, certain articles quarterly or monthly. And just, again, just to continue educating ourselves 
um, about the treatments, about the issues, um, and just, again, putting it at the forefront of what we're doing, because we do have such um, a great aging population. Um, and just reminding the residents, the medical students, that this is an issue that needs to be addressed. So as we teach, typically we'll teach to them based on um, ages. So, you know, before they go through um, menarche or get their periods during the reproductive ages, then postmenopausal. So say this is the, these are symptoms that need to be addressed in the menopausal woman ask them, are you having them? Okay, let's fix them. <laughs> Christian is, you know, pardon me bringing this up, but I guess I'm, yeah. I'm the male here, right? Yes. <laughs> and so I don't want to put the focus on the male because I know the, the focus here is on the woman who's going through this, but is there a role for the spouse or the husband or a partner in, mm -hmm. in terms of understanding what their partner may be going through? Right, right. Oh, well, I love that you said that because typically, you know, it is such a dramatic change in a woman's life. I often have the husbands coming in <laughs> because the husbands are like, oh my gosh, please help us. You know, like my wife is having horrible mood changes <laughs> and they come in together because it's clearly affected their relationship or she's not sleeping at night from the hot sweat, you know, the night sweats and so they come in together almost for counseling, like, please fix our marriage. <laughs> so again, that is very helpful. I can say, okay, we can fix this. You know, we can put your wife on some hormone replacement. We can put her on an antidepressant. Um, we will get through this together. Um, and it's oftentimes the husbands that come back and say, oh, this is so helpful. You really saved our marriage. It's fantastic. Um, so oftentimes, I love when the husbands come in because I don't think they understand how hard it is for their wives and what they're trying, what they're experiencing. Um, so I, you know, I just had a cardiologist come in the other day and we discussed the risks of going on hormone replacement with his wife. And he was delighted and said, Oh, it's so wonderful to talk to an expert about this. And we had this wonderful round table discussion right there with the three of us. Um, and we went through all the options and the risks and the benefits and decided on treatment. So um, yeah, I mean, one of the funniest stories, I had a patient in California and she was going through the menopause and her husband bought her a candle <laughs> and she threw it at him. And she said, this is not gonna help a candle. <laughs> She's like, I need something more. So um, wow. yeah, wow, you know, so show up at the appointment that they're very desperate like please help us <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. so i'm glad i'm glad you're not laughing at me because i, I and since you're encouraging me maybe i'll ask another follow-up question i have not dared to bring this up with my wife right? Right. I, I don't have that kind of courage uh, right I mean, what what's the way you bring it it's not like honey hey maybe you got the menopause right, right. kind of conversation so what's the way to bring this up as a spouse who wants to be concerned and supportive and and say, hey, maybe there's something to look into. Do you have any thoughts I, around it? Like all issues with your wife, you must approach them very carefully. But I think a great way would be to say, you know, honey, I've been, I've been reading in the paper that this is quite a change for you in your life. You know, how is it affecting you? You know, um, are you experiencing these things? Are your periods irregular? Are you waking up at night hot? Um, is intercourse comfortable for you still? Um, 
So, you know, are you having a lot of mood changes? Is, it, is this becoming worse as you're getting older? And, you know, how can we help? Or let's go see this doctor and talk to her about it. Um, so, yeah, I, I really do. I love when the husbands get involved because I love, I think it's validating for the woman to have the physician say, oh my goodness, yes, she is struggling and this is very common. And there are, these are physiologic changes that do occur. So she's not imagining it. She's not, you know, creating drama in your marriage. She really is having a hard time with mood changes, et cetera. So again, I love when they come in as a couple. I think it's fantastic. Um, and then we can talk to them about what, you know, a healthy sex life is, and we're going to help her feel better. I like a poor of that you're interested in finding a nice way to bring this up and that you're sensitive to that because I think a lot of times it can become kind of a, a joke. And I think that makes it harder for women to seek treatment that it's like, oh, they're behaving this way or, oh, these things are happening. Mm -hmm. And it, it almost feels like, I don't know, like the way people treat a child, you know, and I, I don't know, it's not nice. So I really appreciate the way that you're trying to find a, a kind way to talk about these things as a partner, not as somebody who's like, um, you have this going on and we've got to fix it. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's a very good point, Stephanie, is you don't want to be dismissive of these symptoms, you know, and it, it when you do go through it, it's very humbling. You know, I was young and <laughs> you know, didn't have any issues. And then at about the age of 48, I was at work in my silk shirt and wool pants and started soaking through my clothes multiple times a day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm one of those crazy women with hot flashes. So everyone, I mean, there are some women that escape without going through it. Um, but when you do go through it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is happening to me now. And a lot of women have a terrible, terrible time with it, depression, anxiety. And so um, I saw a woman the other day in my clinic and she, she came in, she was clearly depressed. She wore sunglasses the whole time. And she was about my age. And at the end of our conversation, she's like, oh, thank you. You gave me some hope. So just to tell them, okay, we're going to fix you. This is normal that you're going through these physiologic changes. They make you feel horrible, but there are treatments and we're going to fix you. And, um, there is hope on the horizon. So just hang in there. So what does this look like for them in the long term? Do these people take these medications during the period of time that they're going through this transition and then can eventually get off of them? Or is it a lifelong treatment? Mm -hmm. You know, typically um, it's temporary, but we now know that you can extend them for a long, long time without harmful effects. So typically I will tell women when we start, okay, let's, let's go on for six months to a year and then we can reevaluate yearly. But typically I will have women on these treatments for at least five years as they transition through the menopause. And like I said, typically um, we will use antidepressants, we will use uh, hormone, hormone replacement therapy to get them through this transition. Um, and then in women that can't take estrogen, um, we'll treat them with other um, medicines like gabapentin or clonidine or the SSRIs. Um, we have a very new, exciting uh, drug coming down the pike. Um, we found that actually the origin of hot flushes may be in the hypothalamus. 
So it targets one of the receptors there. It's called a neurokinin-3 receptor antagonist. So this is a very exciting non-hormonal treatment for hot flushes. What a, a conversation. I'm becoming so much more knowledgeable about this and hopefully a little <laughs> bit more sensitive. So, you know, if I do get beat up by my wife, I'll let you know. <laughs> It'll be <laughs> I, worth I do it. Appreciate, appreciate your support, and you know, so yeah. I'll, hopefully, I'll have a little bit more uh, courage. Uh, so, Christian, you know, for my final question, I guess what I'm thinking, it's interesting because of what you just said that there's so many treatments out there, and there's more treatments coming, and yet it also feels like there's an opportunity to not medicalize this so much and treat it as quote unquote an illness at the same time. I think you were talking about the wellness approach that you're starting to take at uh, MUSC. So maybe uh, my mind hasn't quite wrapped itself around that, but I'm wondering if you can help us understand how do you bring in that wellness, holistic sort of, mm -hmm. um, you know, component while you understand that there are some chemical hormonal things that may also need to be corrected? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I think probably the two biggest complaints in my practice are weight gain and decreased libido. So I tell women, there is no magic bullet for weight gain. We know that metabolism can slow as we get older. However, I don't have a drug for weight gain. You need to go to the gym and exercise or walk or swim. Um, this helps, of course, with bone loss. And with their, you know, if they are suffering depression, anxiety, it's probably the single best thing they can do is to get in, you know, go work out 30 minutes a day, get out in the sun. Um, eat healthy, of course. So don't forget the basics, right? <laughs> um, so absolutely, I try to model this for my patients. Um, you know, I exercise regularly, I eat healthy, I limit my alcohol intake. Um, so yes, the basic tenets of medicine, we shouldn't forget, because um, we. you're correct, we don't want to over-medicalize everything. Um, and then the symptoms are associated with this period of our life, but they will disappear, but we need to continue maintaining um, our exercise, um, yoga, of course, the spiritual side of a woman. So we really need to nurture all these areas. Um, and the wonderful thing is in their 50s, 60s, they're children have left. So they now have finally have time to turn attention to themselves and dedicate themselves to their own health and their own personal relationships. I appreciate the point about not over-medicalizing it and not treating it as an illness. Cause I think that is something again, going back to, I just keep thinking of like what a burden this is to people who have seen go through it and how it just feels like you yeah. know, it's kind of like feeling sick, but not really. It's like that episode of golden girls when Dorothy had the, the sleep illness and nobody <laughs> believed her. It's that same type right. of thing. Like it's unspoken and it's happening. So right. I feel like one of the important things that you're conveying here is that there is hope. And so mm -hmm. what is that message that you would tell people, women like me, I'm 40, you know, mm -hmm. who are about to enter that period of time. And then people who are going through it, you know, what can they, mm -hmm. I, I guess just what encouragement or hope do you want to mm -hmm. tell them about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, you tell them this is a normal uh, part of aging that we will all go through, but we can certainly um, make it better for you and make it tolerable. So uh, not just tolerable, but really maybe come out on the other side better, right? A woman now is free of having her period. So again, 
your sex life can become more vibrant. You could have more often. <laughs> um, and so really look at menopause as a renewal, a renewal of time for you and your spouse um, versus, oh gosh, we're going to put this woman out to pasture now. She's had her children, they've left, um, you know, let's just not address her concerns anymore. So again, let's realize, wow, we have this wonderful opportunity now to get healthy finally um, and to go seek care or, you know, support services for that. So I think that's my message today is um, let's start over. Let's hit the reset button. Thank you so much for being here and sharing this conversation. It's probably one that people need to hear and don't hear very often. So thank you for sharing that time with us. Oh, yes, absolutely. You're welcome. What a wonderful uh, message, and I love how you communicate it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And thank you all for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.